You're listening to special programming sponsored by Stovall and Associates Law Firm. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning. This is Vegas Law Talk. Uh, your host is Leslie Stovall. Uh, it's nice to see you this morning. Today, I have the pleasure of having uh, Bill Paulus uh, join me. Uh, Mr. Paulus is a, a well-known uh, casino operator and owner and um, uh, also a uh, UNLV alumni who uh, is involved in uh, a new aspect of student athletics, which is uh, NIL, uh, name, image, uh, and likeness uh, 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 opportunities for student athletes. Mr. Paulus, how are you doing this morning? I'm just great, Les. How are you? Well, uh, I'm doing very well, and I thank you very much for um, uh, coming on the show and helping our audience understand what uh, UNLV is doing with uh, the NIL uh, issues uh, or opportunities for student athletes. Mr. Paulus, uh, before we go on... Uh, Please call me Bill. Be glad to. Thank you, Bill. I, I appreciate that, Bill. Uh, uh, you've uh, you're you're an UNLV alumni yourself. I am. I am. I as a matter of fact, I I graduated in the first uh, class of the hospitality school. Uh, I got out here in 1967, and uh, when it was Nevada Southern University. Yes, it was. And uh, I graduated in uh, 1969 when they changed the name to UNLV. <laughs> That's right. You know, uh, I remember this area out here. There wasn't a thing around it. Uh, no, there was there was me and six thousand other students. That was it. Yeah. yeah, I think the first time I took classes out here was in '71 uh, when I was stationed up at Nellis Air Base, and then I came back uh, after my service and finished up my yeah. undergraduate. For here. any students out there uh, who who live in Tonopah Hall. I was the first resident in Tonopah Hall. Were you? That was the first. That was the first facility built on campus. So, so uh, 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 I hope it's still together. I'm sure it is. Well, you know, the the wonderful thing is uh, uh, the university has really developed over the years and has become an outstanding academic um, uh, institution, in large part to the contribution of alumni like yourself. And uh, you know, your your involvement, I think, has been. Uh, uh, wonderful here at UNLV. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. There's 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 a tremendous amount of folks uh, in in the community that, that really support UNLV and continue to support UNLV. And 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 you're correct. UNLV is a, a great institution. If you're going to have a great city, you have to have a great institution. You know that's true. And and education uh, is um, a building block for a community. And it's also something that. Uh, a good education and uh, university uh, provides uh, industry and business uh, with the resources they need to be able to be successful. And, and it's, it's wonderful that this community is beginning to really recognize that, although I think in primary and secondary education, there needs to be more money put into, into that system. 100%. And, and unfortunately, sometimes we get lumped into uh, the Clark County School District, right. and that's 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 unfair for UNLV, and and we really need to help Clark County School District. There's there's no question about that. Your uh, education at UNLV really took you to the heights of uh, the gaming industry. Uh, you went from uh, UNLV to uh, 
uh, managing casinos. I did. Uh, tell the audience some of the casinos that you operated. Uh. Well, I, I was I was very fortunate in, in 19, I graduated in 69 and I worked uh, my first job was in Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> uh, you know you had a you had a New York City kid from Las Vegas to, to Mobile, Alabama. It was culture shock for all of us. <laughs> uh, but came back to Las Vegas and, and, and fortunate in 1980 I was uh, I was hired by Bill Bennett, mm-hmm. one of the great pioneers of the city and um, uh, as their director of hotel operations. Mm -hmm. And uh, from there, uh, again, I was fortunate. He threw me a set of keys and said, uh, I've got a, I just bought a little casino called the Silver City across the street. He says, learn the casino business. So we did that. And uh, by 1983, I was in Laughlin. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had just bought the Edgewater. Right. And uh, I then became the fellow who... uh, uh, grew and expanded the company. I uh, I built all our all our facilities and operated them uh, for the next 14 years. So I I was fortunate. I I, uh, I built the Colorado Bell down there, mm-hmm. expanded the Edgewater, uh, built the uh, Excalibur, built the Luxor, mm-hmm. uh, built the Adventure Dome. So right. I was I was I was very fortunate. Uh, well, uh, those are all uh, very interesting projects. Uh, you went on, though, to uh, uh, eventually develop and uh, operate your own casino operations. Yes. In, in, in 1996, mm-hmm. uh, after I got back from Australia, uh, me and uh, Bill Wartman, my partner, mm-hmm. uh, who is a, uh, a, a native Las Vegas also, uh, is uh, he came and, 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 and we we said, you know, we've made a lot of money for a lot of other people. Let's see if we can do it for ourselves. And what did you guys do? Uh, well, we, we took over the uh, the state, uh, uh, had us take over the Rampart uh, up, on, uh, up on Rampart Boulevard. And uh, we, we operated that for over 10 years. And then uh, at the same time, we, uh, we helped develop, got the license for and helped develop the Greektown Casino in, uh, in Detroit, Michigan. All right. And then from there, we developed our own casinos. We developed uh, the cannery in North Las Vegas. Uh, then we went out to Pennsylvania and bought a racetrack, of all things, and developed uh, one of the largest uh, racinos in the country. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, the Cold Meadows. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we uh, came back and, and developed the cannery on uh, Boulder Highway. Uh, we made it through the, we made it through the, the lean years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we sold our Pennsylvania property to Penn, mm-hmm. and Boyd bought our uh, local properties. Uh, those local properties include the cannery both on Boulder Highway and the one up in North Las Vegas on Car- uh, Craig Road. Craig Road, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's really an active uh, local spot. Oh, it's a great it's a great place, and and the manager there now mm-hmm. is sensational. Mm-hmm. His name is Ryan Paulus. Oh, <laughs> uh, a relation. Well, my number two son. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure he takes after his dad. Uh, well, he's much smarter. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Now, what brought you to UNLV athletics and your involvement in UNLV athletics? Well, I, I came here in the heyday when and when we just had basketball. Right. Okay, and we were in the convention center. I remember the the old convention center looked like a spaceship. One hundred percent. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yeah. And uh, I was in a fraternity, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so we went to all the sporting events 
that was that was what we did and so basketball became and and basketball was a sport that i could never master i was short i was tiny uh and and it was not good at all Uh, i was a baseball player Mm -hmm. so uh uh we i enjoyed it really got into it uh followed it uh, uh very closely until i graduated and then then left and came back and and, and, and had a career for a while. And then uh, back in the early 80s, uh, got, got involved uh, uh, and, and, you know, donated to the foundation and donated to the to, to athletics, what I could. That's the Rebel Athletic Foundation. Yes, the Rebel yes, Athletic Foundation. Yeah, RAF. Right, RAF. Right. And um, we kept on, kept on going. And... Uh, in, around around 95, 96, that's when I really got involved in the day-to-day uh, uh, athletics of basketball. Mm-hmm. And been doing that ever since. Uh, spent a lot of time, uh, a lot of time with the guys and the coaches and, and, and the like, and the administrators. Mm-hmm. And uh, in 2013, mm-hmm. we formalized the foundation called the Running Rebel Club. And there was a few of us, me, Ted Quirk, Tom, uh, Tom Gingoli, a few other guys. And it was to raise, specifically raise four or $500,000 a year to enhance the budget for basketball because it was, it was decimated uh, by those lean years. Right, right. And you were successful at that. We were successful at it. We, we, we really were. We, uh, uh, we got the Mendenhall Center built. Yep. Uh, which was which was great. That was actually started by Lon uh, Kruger, mm-hmm. uh, who who got me involved and, and my partner, and uh, and and the Mendenhalls, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it, it kept going from there. Then we have the Supreme Court case in NCAA versus Alston uh, in 2021. Yes, indeed, came out of the Ninth Circuit. Uh, Supreme Court affirmed. Uh, a finding uh, that uh, the NCAA was violating the Sherman Act or the Antitrust Act by limiting certain aspects of uh, income opportunities for student athletes, correct? Correct. And that led you then uh, to do what? Then, then we had to figure out how, what's the best use of the funds, mm-hmm. because now you're 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 you. You cannot pay an athlete to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't entice an athlete to come here with a contract uh, uh, for personal services. Uh, however, that's un- un- unfortunately the rules are so vague mm-hmm. and so incomplete that you can read story after story after story about how that is actually happening. And in today. fact, that's before the National Labor Relations Board at this point. Yes. As I understand it, that very issue of whether or not they're employees or not, and whether or not they're entitled to uh, some compensation right. for being a student athlete. Right. And that hasn't been decided yet. No. And and, and, and the NC2A, mm-hmm. uh, about two years ago, were trying to throw all of this to Congress for Congress to make the rules. Right. And now Congress has difficulty enough uh, <laughs> agreeing what to have for breakfast. Right. So, so uh, you know, making rules up for the NC2A 
uh, wasn't going to happen. And the the precise issue is this idea that name and image um, uh, and likeness is a, is a uh, belongs to the student athlete has some value. They can be compensated for it. Uh, what is UNLV doing uh, with regards to that issue? How are they how are they handling that issue? Well, what they're doing is 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 I'm very proud of our new ath- athletic director. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, uh, Harp is a is a great guy and is on top of it. And then we have, and I've got I've got to read. Uh, I I call him Nep, uh, and his his name is Eric Nepomuceno. Oh. Okay, and he's director of compliance. He's his associate AD, mm-hmm. director of compliance, and he is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's he's and he's on the committee for the state to make the rules for uh, uh, name, image, and likeness for Nevada. And they're trying to comply with what the NCAA is trying to do, which is uh, problematic in and of itself, right? Exactly. And, yeah. and, 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 and again, you, you, have, you have five basic premises that the NCAA came out with. Mm-hmm. And one is, it's not pay for play. Correct. Uh, number two is... Uh, that you can't entice with recruitment. Okay, agents are allowed. So uh, 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 now a college athlete can have an agent. However, that agent cannot profess that if I'm your agent in college, I have to be your agent for the pros. Okay, so he can't do that. Schools cannot be involved in any way, shape, or form. So, allegedly, a coach can't sit with a student-athlete and say, if you come to UNLV, I know I can get you $80,000 in NIL money. Mm. That's that's a no-no. However, one month, one month, last August, okay, uh, the the uh, uh, the coach of Alabama, we we all know him. Okay, yeah, I've heard the, I've heard about him. Yeah, <laughs> one of the first things he said was, "My quarterback's going to make a million dollars." Yeah, on okay. nil on nil. So that's that's the problem that are that are going right. And and the regulations across the country are different, they're diverse, they're not uniform, and the NCAA hasn't really helped that situation. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, every state has, has different roles. Every state. So they need to come together and make make rules that make sense. Now, how does, if, if a student athlete has this interest in NIL, how does that get uh, negotiated, or how does that? Uh, how does the student uh, monetize that? Let me tell you what we do. Okay, and that, that that's that's basketball. We we've started an organization, first an umbrella organization called UNILV. We'll be we'll be uh, putting uh, uh, up a website by the end of the month where everybody will be able to go look, talk, see the athletes if they want to hire an athlete. For, for promotional purposes or anything else, they'll be able to choose the athlete. And it goes through a third party to make sure everything is according to NCAA rules. Okay. And that third party for us is called 
Blueprint Sports. Okay. Blueprint Sports is is a is backed by the Agassiz Foundation. Oh, okay. So it's a local it's a local group. So good guys to work with. Very good. Agassi being the tennis player. Tennis player, Andre Agassi. Grew up here. 100%. Wonderful fellow. Yeah. And uh, so what we we have done Mm -hmm. is we started another foundation called the Run and Gun Foundation. Okay. And we go out to individuals and businesses and we say, if you fund Run and Gun, we will take these student athletes who are interested, we will create a contract with them, okay, on on a on a, uh, a time by time basis or an overtime basis, mm-hmm. and say, okay, we're going to get you appearances at charitable foundations all over the valley. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to do be able to do two things. We wanted to we wanted to bring. Our student athletes, the, the 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 great student athletes that we have, mm-hmm. okay, and bring them out to the valley, and let them talk, or do or do clinics, okay, with the various charities. Uh, for instance, we're going to be uh, doing a a basketball clinic with Miracle League. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, we we have taken them. We have taken them out to uh, the Make a Wish Foundation. And we do things like that for for special purposes. Number one, the donation is 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 tax deductible. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, it's educational for the student athlete. Also, they really get to see okay the other side of things, mm-hmm. and so we want them to give back also. Right. So it becomes a it becomes a a a, a, a very good two way street. Our kids last year that we had go out were absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They were they they are polite, they're well spoken, they're intelligent young athletes, and and they love the kids. And you know it's really good for these organizations that they visit with uh, in promoting that organization's goals and objectives, and also um, making them more visible to the community. Exactly. Yeah. What we're trying to what we're trying to do also is educate these guys. And, and gals on social media. Mm-hmm. The better their social media are, is, excuse me, um, the better their social media is, the more value they have. Yeah, rather than doing the, the nightclub social media, uh, they're out doing social uh, interactions with community organizations. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it works very, very well. Well, and, and it seems to me to be the right way to go, you know. Uh, yeah, we 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 think so. We think so. And there there's you know we'll have other other businesses, mm-hmm. okay, who want to sponsor them, a clothier in town, mm-hmm. okay. Well, these kids, these kids, you've got football players and basketball players and soccer players. They look pretty good when they're all dressed up. They're pretty <laughs> handsome, ha- handsome boys and girls. Yes. So uh, we got clothiers that 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 want to sponsor the kids in in kind. Uh, there's one, there's one alumni uh, uh, who, uh, for every graduate on the football team, okay, if they graduate, he may, he gets them a custom made suit. Oh, well, that's pretty nice. Yeah. The, this these org, <laughs> excuse me, these organizations that you're working with, 
um, or your organization. In the literature, they're referred to as what? Uh, Collectives. All right. I, I'm not really enamored with that uh, that word, but uh, what does it really uh, designate or uh, in, it, refer it, to? If there was a, if there were if there was a definition, it would be a group of people or businesses that are going together, putting money in the center of the table and saying, okay, this money is for the NIL and we're going to pay students to do something. Now, the student, in order to get money by NCAA rule, must do something for that money, whether it be do social media uh, 20 times a month for uh, a car company. Right. Or or go and appear on a Saturday and sign basketballs. Right, right. But he must do something. What I'm curious about is how do how does the student athlete know of these opportunities uh, before or do they before they select a school to uh, go to? Well, today it's the first question asked when you're on a recruiting trip. Okay, kids ask, "How's the NIL at your school?" And how, how is that described to a student-athlete? Uh, well, it, 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 the problem, the, the issue you have, if you're, if you're following the NCAA rules, okay, you can't talk about it. What your coach can say is, we have a website mm. called uh, UNILV. Mm. Go look at the website and see how serious we are about the NIL. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, that's not happening all over. I mean, I talked to her after a, a after a recruit after a recruit signed. I want to emphasize after a recruit signed. Okay, I spoke with his mother, mm-hmm. and she was she said we were the only school that didn't break that rule that they talked to. And by breaking the rule, the schools uh, what you what you have understood is occurring. Is there specific discussions about monies that would be available to that particular athlete for NIL? There, there are there are schools allegedly. Mm-hmm. I am told mm-hmm. uh, that already have a personal services contract already filled out. Okay, for let's say eighty thousand dollars for a nine month personal services agreement. And when you sign, you sign not only your letter of intent, but the personal services agreement. Well, maybe that's how some coaches can announce how much uh, their incoming players are going to be getting in NIL. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 it, it, it's wild, and it makes it so much more difficult for the sport mm-hmm. and for the coaches because your mid majors. I mean, we had nine new players last year. Right. We may have that many this year, okay, and and we're not alone. This is this is this is the same. So, and the other problem you have with with the portal system, when 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 somebody is transferring, mm-hmm. okay, and they're at a let's say a Division two school, and they say, well, I had a good year this year, I'm going to go into the portal because I can make money at a Division one school, right. So the Division II schools now are losing all their kids. And who really gets hurt by this is 
the high school seniors. Mm-hmm. Because now you have, you have right now today, 1,500 kids in the portal. Oh, I didn't know it was that large. 1,500. Yeah. Okay. And only 54% of them will get picked up. So some of them will lose all their benefits. So it's a, it's a real crapshoot out there today. I, um, what do you suggest, based on what you know, to help uh, with this particular issue, the NIL issue? The NIL issue is there, there needs to be more, uh, a, a more defined structure on, on how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, you get... You know, the, the horse is out of the barn now, and you're not going to be able to rake back anything, okay? And a, a, a student athlete can make as much money as he, as he wants or as anybody's willing to give him. And here's, here's a, a perfect example. University of Miami, there's a, there's a gentleman down there by, by the name of John Ruiz. John Ruiz is a, 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 a major has a major law firm in 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 uh, Florida, Miami, and also owns Life Wallet and the Cigarette Boat Company. He's a billionaire. He's a Miami graduate. He wants to help the Miami uh, Miami schools out. So he's budgeted ten million dollars this year for NIL wow. for Miami students. That sounds like a hefty sum. That, that's a hefty sum. Mm-hmm. And so you have a benefactor like that and you advertise it up front because he's trying to make, he's trying to get the PR for his companies. Right. But all of a sudden, you know that there's a $10 million budget in the NIL. There's an awful lot of kids uh, uh, scampering to Miami to, to, to get on a gravy train. The biggest problem is you had one of the one of the student athletes come out and say, "Okay, I'm not getting enough NIL. I'm going to go into the transfer portal and leave Miami." That so that completely destroys what this was all about. And and it demonstrates that students are going to try to go where the money is. One hundred percent. And you know you can't really blame. Uh, uh, or criticize a student for doing that if they have the opportunity to ma- monetize or maximize the money that they may receive from NIL um, uh, you would understand why they would do that absolutely and there's no controls on what amount can be paid to on NIL at this point is there no no if if, if they went with a revenue sharing program of what the university can let the university have a little bit more control and they did a revenue sharing program and you had a whole NIL division, okay, I think it would work a lot better than it's working now. Yeah. Well, uh, how do you think uh, the uh, program is working here at UNLV? It's working very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we obviously we don't have that uh, uh, those kind of funds right now, but uh, we, raised, we raised $150,000 pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, last October, uh, because people are are interested, and and the vast majority of 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 athletic supporters and and those people 
who uh, follow college athletics believe that kids should get stipends of, well, of, of some sort. Absolutely. All you got to do is look at some of the big schools like sure. uh, University of Michigan. What a great um, uh, uh, campus life it is when football is going up at that school or go to Notre Dame or some of the other great uh, yeah. sports schools. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, even UNLV when we had, uh, you know, like uh, I remember Coach Tarkanian's days. Coach, right? Coach Tarkanian put UNLV on the map. Man, I got to tell you, those were great games. Everybody was there. Uh, and, you know, uh, Coach uh, uh, Kruger, Kevin's dad, yep. when he had the program, he really brought the program back to life. Yes, and, he did. And uh, I, I couldn't – I was really disappointed when we went to Oklahoma. Uh, but I'm glad he's back. I understand he's, he gives pointers to his son. I talked to him yesterday. Yeah. I talked to him yesterday. He'll, he'll be in town for uh, uh, Coaches uh, versus Cancer. Uh, over the weekend, a, gr- a great charity, mm-hmm. uh, and there'll be a lot of coaches in town, and uh, so it's, it's you're going to get him out to the uh, golf course to play. Absolutely. Well, uh, let me know. Okay, that's a deal, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Bill. It has been wonderful having you on the show, um, and I thank you so much for your time. Uh, and this is really an interesting topic. I uh, maybe we can get back together as things uh, develop and uh, uh, tell our audience uh, how things are going. You bet. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it.